What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we are going to go around the conference with some injury updates, including T.J. Finley officially ruled out for Auburn against LSU. A.J. McCarron says Brian Harson's fate has already been decided, and a bunch of coaches just gushing over how good their opponents are this week. Also, we'll take a look at uh, some of the SEC Week 5 games with our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. Welcome into the show. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Lockdown SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Lockdown SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. We start over at Auburn as TJ Finley battling a shoulder injury and is reportedly set to miss. Another game this week as, L- as Auburn plays host to LSU. Finley dealing with a grade two AC sprain in his right shoulder. That's from uh, Tom Green of AL.com. Still unclear on when he will be able to return to the field. Injured his shoulder late in the first half of Auburn's loss to Penn State back on September 17th. Finley started Auburn's first three games. Missed the game last week against Mizzou as they turned to Robbie Ashford. It'll be once again Robbie Ashford this weekend. Brian Harson said, uh, Robbie has continued to practice well, feel good about our practice and some of the things we're doing with that position position in particular. Harson also was asked about safety Donovan Kaufman, who missed the Mizzou game. Mizzou game, he said he just wasn't able to go last week, tried to work through it, wasn't able to get the reps during the week of practice he needed to. He's day-to-day, but barring any setbacks, he should be okay. Auburn has controlled this series against LSU recently. Uh, LSU only winning twice on the Plains since 2010, winning in 2012 and 2018. Auburn's run one two straight in the series. Now, former Alabama quarterback A.J. McCarron, he's now doing a little media. He's doing some shows on Saturdays, talking college football, bouncing around on some podcasts. And this week, he was on the Ringer podcast where he said, quote, From my sources over there, Brian Harson's already been told he's done after this year. McCarron went on to say that Harson was told this following the double-digit loss to Penn State earlier in the month. Uh, But it does look like that information not exactly correct. According to a report from AL.com, sources have indicated that Brian Harson has not been told his job status is in danger or that the two parties will be going their separate ways when this season ends. So... Look, handwriting's kind of on the wall. If Brian Harson doesn't have a good season, he's going to be gone. But uh, maybe a little premature for A.J. McCarron to put out there. Yeah, I've been told uh, uh, Harson's already been told he's gone after this year. Again, you could make guesses, but if he starts winning games, it's going to be hard to fire the guy if he goes 8-4, and four, right? Uh, meanwhile, on the flip side of this game, Brian Kelly talking on the uh, coaches media teleconference on Wednesday talking about his quarterback Jaden Daniels and his improvement week to week he said just more comfortable with the offense itself remember now he was in a completely different offensive structure at Arizona State 
He said, I used this word the other day. He's become more decisive. When you're decisive, the ball comes out and you move more efficiently. LSU uh, also revealing they will be without offensive guard Garrett Dellinger recovering from a broken hand. He had surgery this week. Brian Kelly said, uh, first thought, we thought we could get him ready, but there's a plate and a screw in his hand. And we're, as of today, I'd say he's doubtful for this weekend. Uh, Kelly said that Miles Frazier probably going to be the guy sliding in at left guard for LSU. The Tigers will travel to Auburn, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central kickoff on ESPN. Meanwhile, over in Oxford, Lane Kiffin getting ready for a big matchup against number seven, Kentucky. And Kentucky running back Chris Rodriguez back from his suspension, being suspended the first four games of the season. Lane Kiffin said, obviously, that's huge for them, getting a guy fresh who has played that position a lot. It's very challenging. We're going to have to play the run a lot better than we did a week ago. And as for facing uh, Will Levis, Lane Kiffin said, I think he's really accurate. He moves around to get himself out of trouble. He looks like a really composed veteran quarterback. One other note uh, from this game, Kentucky linebacker Jacquez Jones, who played the first part of his career at Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin saying, Jacquez played really well when he was here, and he's gotten a lot better. We're going to have our hands full with him. Uh, Jones piled up 86 tackles for Kentucky last year. Already has 26 and a sack through four games this year. And on the flip side, it's Mark Stoops talking about his team and what they got to do. He said, look, we're excited to get Chris Rodriguez back. He's a really good football player who has a lot of experience. Uh, we've had inconsistency in the running game. Chris just needs to be him. Shouldn't be too rusty. Now, Stoops is equally concerned about trying to slow down the, the uh, Ole Miss run attack, averaging more than 280 yards per game, one of the tops in the country. Stoops said it's difficult. They're committed to it. They're powerful runners with an offensive line. It's doing a very good job of working together. They put a lot of stress on you. You have to win some one-on-ones the way they put you in space. Definitely a very big challenge. It'll be the early game, 11 a.m. Central, 12 Eastern, Saturday morning on ESPN right after college game day. Meanwhile, Alabama getting ready for their road trip out to Arkansas to take on number 20 uh, Razorbacks. And Alabama concerned about trying to slow down quarterback K.J. Jefferson. Nick Saban talking about him on the coaches' teleconference Wednesday. Uh, asked if there's a comparison to K.J. Jefferson. Saban said, not really. Guy's pretty unique. Does a really good job of executing what they want to do on offense. Pretty unique guy. Big physical, hard to tackle, hard to sack. I have a tremendous amount of respect for how he plays. Saban also asked about the Arkansas receiving core. He said, look, they got three or four guys now who are very capable of making plays, and they get the ball spread around pretty good to all those guys. Uh, during the game against Vandy last week, Alabama did lose two key defenders to injuries. Defensive lineman Byron Young sprained his ankle, while defensive back Jordan Battle injured his right leg on Wednesday. Saban said, hopefully they're both going to be ready for this game on Saturday, but it's day-to-day on both of them. Now, meanwhile, on the other side, Sam Pittman, the Razorbacks, coming off that heartbreaking loss to AM, but no time to feel sorry for yourself. Time to bounce back and play the Alabama Crimson Tide. Obviously, K.J. Jefferson's fumble at the goal line last week, one of the big plays that turned the momentum of the game. Sam Pittman talking about it on the teleconference this week and said uh, K.J. Jefferson's going to bounce back from that. He said, look, he had a lot of really good plays as well. Anytime you have elite players on your team, not a whole lot you can say to them, to be honest. You saw him after that play trying to play his heart out. I think you'll be fine. The bottom line is we just made a lot of mistakes. Now, Pittman also talked about the challenge of playing Alabama. He said, look, you got to play a really clean game. Can't turn the ball over. 
have to convert situational football. You cannot make mistakes. As for one player who's really excited for this game, it's Drew Sanders, the linebacker who transferred to Arkansas from Alabama last offseason. Sanders has been really good. He played predominantly outside backer, linebacker at uh, Alabama. Now he plays more inside at Arkansas. Sam Pittman said that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to play more on the inside, wanted to play inside there, and we certainly had opportunities to give him that. Of course, we're using on the edge as well. Sanders, great start through four games at Arkansas. 31 tackles, five and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. It's the uh, CBS 230 Central, 330 Eastern game on Saturday afternoon, Arkansas at Alabama. Meanwhile, over at, Tex at uh, Mississippi State, Mike Leach and company preparing for Texas A&M this weekend. Mike Leach asked about the Aggies. He said, oh, well, they're pretty explosive when they want to be. They got a pretty good quarterback, a really good running back, some explosive skill players, very athletic. And he said, uh, defense, not too shabby either. He said, I think it's the way they run to the ball. They got tall, long guys who are good at running to the ball. Now, one guy at Mississippi State is going to be missing, linebacker Deshaun Page, undergoing success, successful leg surgery on Wednesday. Left the game last week against Bowling Green. It's unknown how long he is going to be out. Uh, he did post on his Instagram page, small setback. On the other side of the ball, Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. Uh, Jimbo talking this week said he likes what he's seen so far out of uh, his quarterback, Max Johnson, in terms of improving that quarterback spot for the Aggies. He said he's come in and has a lot of experience. He's taking care of the football really well, making some big plays when he needs to. People don't realize he can run, make plays with his legs as well, getting better each week. As for Will Rogers, Jimbo Fisher said, well, first of all, has a great grasp of that air raid offense. He knows where he's going with the football. Great decision maker. Great pocket presence as well. That air raid is a certain set of plays they run. A lot of people run them. It's not a lot of deviation from that thing. They'll adjust, make calls as they go. All the routes, uh, shape, some way, shape, or form, we have them. They just stay to them exclusively, but everybody kind of has those routes. So uh, Jimbo kind of downplaying a little bit of uh, what the air raid presents. Now over at Georgia, Kirby Smart, they're taking their team on the road to Mizzou on Saturday night. Bulldogs coming off of a win against Kent State. As for the Missouri quarterback, Brady Cook, Jimbo said, look, he's a really good athlete, got the ability to run, do a lot of things in the pocket. They already are a good running team, but when you add a quarterback who can run and throw the ball, it creates problems for you. Now, uh, Kirby also updating some injuries. Wide receiver Lad McConkey, he said, uh, it's a use, a volume issue, not really an injury that was sustained. Uh, dealing with a foot thing this week, he's been much better. Last week, we shut him down a couple of days. He's been pretty good this week, getting lots of treatment on it. As for tight end Eric Gilbert, when are we going to see him? Uh, Kirby Smart saying AG has been practicing with us, hope, continues to do that. He'll be day-to-day -day each day. We're hoping he can contribute to our team this year. Smart also said defensive lineman Jalen Carter is getting close to working his way back onto the field. On the other side of the ball against Georgia, it is the Mizzou Tigers. Eli Drinkwitz was asked about what his team will have to do to bounce back from such a tough loss at Auburn this past weekend. He said, look, football is like life. You deal with situations in life and you have to keep moving forward. You can't dwell on it. Disappointment and losses in this world are not unique to us. If you dwell on it, it hurts you for any future adversity or opportunity that you have. That game will be played Saturday night, uh, Georgia at Mizzou. Over at South Carolina, Shane Beamer and his 
company. They're getting ready for a Thursday night game against uh, South Carolina State. That game being moved up because of Hurricane Ian. Uh, Shane Beamer also asked about trying to speed up the length of games because so many college football games are running so long. He said, look, I am all for ways to continue speeding up the length of some of these football games. And lastly, Billy Napier over at Florida talking with the media. They are preparing for their game move to Sunday because of the hurricane. Uh, Billy Napier talking about the hurricane having impact. He said, I think probably the most important thing for us is get through these next couple of days safely. When we get through this storm, we can start having conversations about what game day is going to look like on Sunday for us. So uh, one little note for the Florida Gators, a little depth chart change. Uh, safety Kamari Wilson, freshman safety Kamari Wilson, getting the starting nod after the Gators struggled in their secondary this past week to slow down Tennessee. Also, sophomore Jaden Hill getting the nod at corner. So that is the latest news going on around the conference. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation with Lynn Scarborough of Lindy's Sports. Our weekly guest will join us in just a second. But first, want to remind you guys about our friends over at BetOnline, BetOnline.net. Your number one source for football betting throughout this season. You could get all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game. You can find it over at Bet Online. They remain your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Go check them out right now, Bet Online. They got all the SEC games up there this weekend. If you're looking to get in on the action, they've got that there for you. They got everything from uh, Alabama at Arkansas. They got uh, you know A and M at Mississippi State. If you feel a certain way on either game, why don't you go uh, take advantage of it? Bet Online has everything you need to get started. Head on over to Bet Online. You can do so on your mobile device. Learn about everything that they've got going for you. It is Bet Online, and it is where the game starts. on here, Locked On SEC, and one of our favorite segments every week is catching up with our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports, and he joins us right now. Lynn, uh, welcome in, man. Uh, I guess, how are you? Hey, guys. Doing well. All right. Well, well Lynn, let's just jump right into it. Uh, I'm sure the uh, the fight song has been playing all week on Rocky Top as the Tennessee Vols finally win that rivalry game with uh, the Florida Gators, they get that monkey off their back. A big win for the Vols this past week. They're probably uh, probably still playing Rocky Top up there in Knoxville. And and did you know that that's not their fight song? Their their fight song is is called Down the Field. Now the, they play Rocky Top uh, just like Georgia plays Glory Glory to Old Georgia, and people think. But Georgia's fight song is called Between the Hedges, and um, and just just a little trivia there is everybody, of course, associates uh, uh, Rocky Top with Tennessee, and they, and they should. But they've got another, another fight song called Down the Field. When we, when we get off the air, when y'all got a minute, go in and, um, and you can YouTube it or Google it or whatever, and you can actually hear their fight song. I would, uh, if I knew the words, I'd sing it. That's probably not what I need to do. All right, we'll continue on with uh, Lynn Scarborough. Lynn, let's, uh, I'll, I'll check it out when I get done. But give me your thoughts on the Vols, uh, Hendon Hooker has looked fantastic for Tennessee in that uh, Josh Heupel offense so far. Well, yeah, he's, uh, Tennessee has the number one total offense in the country. Uh, they're averaging, I think, 593 yards or something like that uh, per ball game. Uh, Hendon Hooker is number seven in the country in total offense. Um, 
they're they have a they have an outstanding really outstanding is not even fair enough. I mean they're they're a great offensive team. Uh, defensively, they're they're not as good, but they're but they're still okay. I mean they're they're good enough that they're that they're sitting there at four and zero. And hey, and and Tennessee, um, they're off this week, right? Yeah. Yeah. LSU's week is is week is next week uh, after this. And and Chris, your your guys are in a are in a position to really you know it's a it's a significant game at Auburn. Go beat Auburn. Saturday, I think. I think your guys will win uh, because Auburn's got just so many issues, and not not having anything to do with all this controversy over Harson is Auburn's a, Auburn's in a in a bad situation. They're their third that, center. That, that, exactly. Oh, their their center's not even a center. <laughs> uh, they you know they lost uh, Brom. Uh, Nick Brom was going to be having his third year as a starter. I voted Nick Brom first at, at media days. I voted Nick Brom first team All SEC center. I think he finished third team in the voting. But he was the he was the the captain of that offensive line, and um, and so he goes he goes down and he's lost his career's over, and so then they bring in the only other center they had. It was really a center, and in the first series against Missouri, they lose him for the year. Yeah, Tate Johnson. And so I, I'm I'm not defending Auburn's offense because it was horrible against Missouri as Missouri's was against Auburn, but when you're playing your third string quarterback, uh getting the ball from the third-string center, who's really not a center. He was an offensive lineman. They had to move over impromptu to be the center. And, and you know, y'all know what a difference that makes when you when you're, your guy that's the captain of the, the offensive line, which is already mediocre to begin with, snapping the ball to a guy that was your third-string quarterback when the season started. Um you know, and that and that is going up against LSU's defensive line, which which may be the best defensive line in the SEC. And um, and I just don't see, you know, and I mean, I understand that if 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 Harson loses, there's a lot of folks who want to fire him, and that may happen. But but you want to be, you know, you want to be objective in evaluating what's happening. And any any team that that goes up against a major opponent, playing the third string quarterback and the third string center. Uh, uh, has reasons to think that their offense may not be that effective, and that's what I expect to happen on uh, on Saturday. That's why I think LSU will win the game. But but stranger things have happened. In fact, one happened in uh, Northern Oklahoma this past Saturday when Kansas State, who had lost to Tulane, goes in to uh, as a twenty six point underdog. To Oklahoma, yeah. and Oklahoma never even has the lead in the game. In fact, they're never even tied in the game. Yeah, Texas and Oklahoma—they uh, were, they were well, run out from the start by a team that couldn't beat Tulane. Texas and Oklahoma not looking SEC ready just yet, so that's going to be interesting when that happens. But well, well, they're, they're not. But on the other hand, they're kind of looking like a lot of SEC teams, quite frankly. <laughs> so maybe they're going, maybe they're going to fit right in. Other than hey, the, the game guys. Uh, for the SEC, it's going to be Oklahoma. It's going to be uh, Ole Miss and Kentucky. That's the one I wanted to ask you about, Lynn, because uh, Ole Miss. I've watched them a couple times. Their running backs, uh, running game looks so good. Zach Evans is a kid who uh, you know started his career at TCU, and now he's looking really good over there. But there's a little kid named Quinshawn Judkins, a little three-star kid from the state of Alabama, who's kind of become their lead back now. Uh, you know, him and Evans kind of split in time, but Judkins the most rushing yards. And uh, that's a good early game Saturday morning coming on right after game day. But I wanted to bring up this. I heard Lane Kiffin earlier this week talking to the media and basically calling out the fans saying, yeah, I don't really like coming out at halftime and seeing like a high school crowd in the stands. Everybody's leaving at halftime and 
to me, I say, well, Lane, play some better teams. Their three first home games have been against Troy, Central, Arkansas, and Tulsa. Like, if you play a better opponent, maybe fans are going to stick around. Well, that's a, I mean, that's a valid point, but still, y'all, I mean, y'all stay there and support your team. The, uh, you know, we were talking about it all the way back at SEC Media Days. The, uh, I, I predicted that Ole Miss and Kentucky be undefeated right now. I mean, that's how I did it on my, on my football picks. The, uh, uh, it, this doesn't surprise me. I had them being undefeated. Uh, I had both of them being undefeated. Uh, I picked Kentucky at the, at the time. I'm kind of leaning toward Ole Miss right now, but it's not a strong lead. Um, I, I wrote in a, in a, a, a column at the start of the season that I thought the winner of the Ole Miss-Kentucky game was going to be the dark horse in their division. Uh, if Ole Miss could beat Kentucky, uh, I think they got a shot at beating Alabama. If Kentucky can beat Ole Miss, I think they got a shot at beating Georgia. Um, these are very good teams. They got Jackson Darton and Levis for Kentucky uh, at quarterback. Uh, Kentucky's got uh, you know uh, Rodriguez and another guy at running back. And like you said, Ole Miss has a, has a strong running attack. Um, you know, Kentucky's got a better defense. Than, uh, than than Ole Miss. I think their defense is better than it was maybe maybe the last couple of years. But I think this is a very good ball game between two very good teams, and and I think the winner of this game is a is a dark horse. And and if if the game's close, unless one team just blows the other one out, um, I think I think either one of those teams can be a legitimate threat to um, to Georgia and Alabama. All right, we're going to get to more with uh, Lynn Scarborough in just a second. But thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. More in just a sec. Continue on here, Locked on SEC. We're continuing our conversation with our buddy Lynn Scarborough of Lindy Sports. And Lynn, a couple of uh, other big games in the SEC this weekend. A&M at Mississippi State, Alabama at Arkansas, Mizzou at uh, Georgia at Mizzou. Uh, I'll just leave it open for you. Any game that you're feeling really strongly about this, this Saturday? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one is not going to make your fans too happy. And I have not seen the line. But Mississippi State over Texas A&M. Um, now, Lynn, I, I don't mean to hack off favorite. The, I don't mean to hack off the audience. Yeah, what, what, is the, what is the line in that game, guys? Mississippi State is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite against top 20 A&M who just beat Miami and Arkansas, two ranked teams. They're ranked. Mississippi State isn't, yet here the Bulldogs are a three-and-a-half-point home favorite over the Aggies. Yeah, and I think that's about right. Uh, I, think, I think Mississippi State may win by a little bit larger margin than that. The... Um, the the Arkansas game was a fluke. I mean, I, I hate to. I'm, I'm not trying to hack off the audience, but you had two fluky plays in that ball game that you just never see. I mean, the, it, it kind of reminded me of Florida beating Utah when Utah drove down to the two yard line and they they they're going to win the game, and some genius uh, calls a pass across the middle from the two yard line and the Florida guy makes a great diving interception. But why are you throwing a pass from the two yard line? Uh, when when you're down there with a chance to win the ball game, and that play uh, that happened when uh, Arkansas kicked the, I mean I know, I know the people in the audience saw the play. That's the flukiest thing I've about ever seen. And you take that back, and Arkansas wins. And um, and I mean you know they were they were kind of kind of reasonably uh, compared teams, but Appalachian State, uh, which which lost at home to James Madison, and James Madison's pretty good. But uh, they beat Texas A&M to death. I know the score wasn't wasn't that big, but they kept the ball forty two minutes on the field on Kyle Field. If if uh, if A and M at home, uh, if if they uh, can't stop Appalachian State's offense, 
uh, from having the ball 42 minutes. What are they going to do on the road uh, against uh, Rodgers, who I think is third in the country in, in uh, touchdown responsibility for the season, um, and, and Mike Leach's air raid offense? And I just know I'm not, I'm not sure. The, the, I, I think maybe the worst performance by an SEC team this year has been Texas A&M against Appalachian State. And, um, and you know, and then, and like I say, the, 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 I mean, I, I know Texas a and people are glad to win, but um, I, I wouldn't count on that kind of play pulling them out in any other games. So I, if I've got to pick one, and seeing it's not even an upset, and that's the thing in your mind, it's like you said, they're favored over nationally ranked uh, Texas A&M, and, and, and Mississippi State is not because Mississippi State lost to LSU. Um and LSU is probably better than, than, than what we have been thinking they are. But I would, you know, in my mind, and I think in the mind of most SEC people, Mississippi State beating uh, A&M would be an upset. Uh, and, but, you know, the better the betters in Las Vegas have made them a three-and-a-half-point uh, favorite, and uh, the guys that make those lines don't do it for a hobby. So I would, I would probably put some stock in that and take Mississippi State. All right, Len, before, real quick, before we let you go, give us a, a pick in the Alabama at uh, Arkansas game. Like Alabama, uh, until Alabama loses, uh, you know, they got to prove to me they're going to lose first. Alabama's not an unbeatable team. Texas had them on the ropes. Texas then goes off and loses to uh, Texas Tech. And Arkansas's loss last week was kind of a fluke to Texas A&M. But uh, Arkansas's got a shot at them. But until Alabama shows me they can lose, I'm going with Alabama. All right, Lynn, uh, thanks as always for your time. We'll do it again next week. All right, guys, talk to you all next week. Y'all have a good one. All right, that's Lynn Scarborough there of Lindy Sports joining us every week here on the show to take a look at some of the football games. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out some of our other great podcasts along the Locked on Podcast Network covering your team every day. Uh, of course, we've got Locked on Auburn, we got locked on LSU, we got locked on Bama, Georgia, Falls, uh, Ole Miss. We get you covered just about every team that you want. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, just search Locked On at your favorite school, and chances are you will find that podcast. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs>